looks like Christmas came early. Santa brought it early! <laughs> I guess he did. Good one. You're listening to Shot Callers with Kyle Brandon and Joe McCucci, part of the 48 Minutes Podcast Network. What is going on, everybody, and happy holidays and all that fun stuff. Welcome into this week's edition of Shot Callers. I am, of course, Joe McCucci, joined as always by my man, Kyle Brandon. And Kyle, it's here. It's Christmas Eve. We have, it is the uh, season. We've made it to what some people like to call the unofficial actual start of the NBA season. Although this year it definitely feels weird with how many guys are going into COVID protocols. Um, it almost feels like we've kind of just made it hanging on by a thread. Yeah. It feels like the, what you call uh, kind of like the start of the season uh, feels like it could be the end of the season or a pause for a season. Um, something I'm sure we'll talk about a little later, but yeah. um, it's still, it's still like the best time of the year, even though it's been really, really difficult with all of the, uh, with all the people that are going out and all the updates that we get pretty much every hour. Um, but we're making the best of it. We're glad to be here. And we're talking some naughty and nice lists tonight. Yeah. Well, well I would love to say that we're going to start the show previewing some Christmas Day games um, with everything is up in the air as it is we were kind of going through the the lineup and it, there's just it's not safe to probably talk about any of these games because we don't know what's going to change but we are still going to talk about warrior suns because as of right now phoenix has nobody in covid protocols and golden state only has damian lee jordan Poole, and andrew wiggins uh, Kyle, if I had to put my money on any game panning out the way we would hope it to, I would say that game is probably our best bet. Yeah, me too. And and um, honestly, it's probably the game I was most excited about anyways. Lakers and Nets would be uh, the second, but this is probably the game that most people were looking forward to the most. So it's kind of great that it works out that way. Yeah, and it's going to be awesome. I mean, these first two matchups between Golden State and Phoenix uh, near the end, or was it, no, the beginning of this month when they played, um, they were great games. Now, in that second game, Phoenix was without Devin Booker. He's back from injury now, and this team is on an absolute roll. This is, I mean, this is going to be another matchup to see who's going to be the number one seed in the Western Conference and, and in the NBA in general. Um, I'm really excited. I you were kind of talking about this right before we started recording because um, Phoenix wrapped up beating OKC tonight. Devin Booker, he himself has not lost in what, like two months going on yes. that? Since, uh, since October, he had no loss November, of course, which we talked about a little bit, and we're almost done with December now, and he has a chance to, to close out back-to-back months without losing in a game that he played in, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean that that matchup it, it really is like we're we're getting a little bit of a gift of both of those rosters being relatively. I mean Phoenix is completely healthy, um, and Golden State is obviously without Wiggins. That is a bit of a a bit of a shot. And Jordan Poole and Damian Lee have contributed, but both of them have cooled off, uh, so to say, um, 
so we're still going to yeah. get a pretty good matchup. And maybe, you know, a Christmas miracle can happen. I know they say December 28th is when he's coming back, but what if Clay just were to take the court on Christmas Day? Oh, my gosh. Oh. It'd be perfect. Yes. Yes, It'd yes. be perfect. I, I feel like I've been looking at that game as, like, his like as like a fantasy return for him, you know what I mean? Oh. Uh, we talked we talked about when Steph broke the record how it would be so perfect if Clay could have got the assist on that. Um and it would just be so perfect if Clay could play in this game specifically. Yeah. No, 100%. I completely agree. Um it would it would just be awesome to wake up on Christmas morning and just get a woge bob saying Clay Thompson expected to play today versus the Phoenix Suns. Like it just with how shitty everything has been with so many guys going into protocol and missing games, this would be just such a storybook, just Christmas, like I said, Christmas miracle for any NBA fan. Yeah, and it is potential to see um, the two starting Western Conference guards uh, for the All-Star game. Um, yeah. I think that we probably anticipate Curry being there. Uh, he's at the top of the MVP conversation, if not leading it. And then Devin Booker, again, if your team doesn't lose, you know, when you play for two months and you're the leading scorer on that team, you know, and, and really performing the best, hey, that counts for something, right? First Absolutely. first in the Western Conference, 26-5 uh, and five record, um, not losing when you play games. I mean, what more do you got to do? So this could be the starting backcourt for the Western Conference uh, all-stars right here well you know they don't do it by conference anymore I know, but i, I know. definitely know what you're saying that just yeah. the top guys um it's gonna be a shootout for sure um i mean obviously both of these teams have been very good defensively but it was steph curry devin booker deandre eight and any of those guys on the court you're gonna see points um so really if you if you're uh if you're trying to figure out which game you should still be watching and tuning into on Christmas Day, you should make you should carve time out of your schedule to watch this game. Make sure all the presents are opened, or if you do presents later in the day, push it back until after this game is over. You're going to want to be strapped in to watch this one. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Well, that's our, that's our unfortunately, our only Christmas Day preview for you. So... We kind of pivoted this week and figured, you know, let's play the role of uh, Santa Claus, Kyle. We've uh, we've made our lists. We've checked it twice. We've got the naughty and nice list for you guys. And which do you want to start with, Kyle? Should we tell them the naughty list or should we tell them the nice list? I I, I, I think we start off with the nice list. Okay. All right. So how this is going to work. For the nice list, we're going to tell you who's on it. And then Kyle and I, you know, we, we did a little shopping and we decided on some gifts for the people on the nice list. You know, they earned it. And so, so Kyle, who's number one on our nice list this year? Uh, I have Oklahoma's backcourt duo of Shea and Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy, a guy that, that I gave a lot of flack to coming out of the draft and, uh, and really ragged on him publicly and, Poked a lot of jokes, but I'm a believer. The way they're playing uh, together looks great. Shea has been playing because I re I really thought Josh Giddy was going to be like the the de facto point guard, and Shea would kind of play more off ball. But Shea's been playing a lot of 
point, and Josh Giddy's kind of been playing like the two, um, you know, loosely. I know there's no real, real defined roles or whatnot, but um, they just play well together. They they are able to be on the court a lot, um, and when Shea's playing, Oklahoma City looks great. You see the one game where Shea scores what, 39 points. He doesn't play the next game. They lose by 73. And then he plays the next game after that, and he's, and Shea scores 30. He's been great. They win 50, 53% of the games when Shea's playing. And when he doesn't play, they win 17% of the games. <laughs> it's uh, actually and, insane. <laughs> that's a crazy... Yeah. Uh, he's averaging 25, 6, and 4 this month, Shea is. And so... Um, yeah, I, I fully believe in this backcourt. Um, Josh Giddy has done enough to prove that he should have been one of those top draft picks. I think it's something that I ragged on again when he got drafted that high. But if we did a oh, redraft, yeah. he might go higher than that even. Um, I think he's just outside of that um, Mobley, Cade, um, Scotty Barnes era right there. I think he's he's kind of just outside of that. So. I, I completely uh, agree. I think, you know, we were very critical of the Josh Giddy pick. Um, I mean, I think that was one, when we did our draft recap, we spent some extensive time just ripping Oklahoma City a new one on that. And we've been in a bit of denial about Josh Giddy actually being good. But you just look at his numbers. I mean, he started off pretty shaky. And then around the middle of November is when he really found his groove. I mean, he had a, if I look at this correctly, he had a six game streak of scoring double digits. Um, and, and even then, like the double digit outputs are more common than not at this point. I think he's got double digits. He, he's only failed to get double digits one, two, three times since November 17th. He's starting to really find his groove scoring the assist numbers. I mean, he's averaging six per game, but if you look since again, November 17th, those assist numbers are steadily climbing up. You're seeing more games where he gets about seven or eight assists. I mean, he had back-to-back double-digit assist games on the 18th and 20th of this month, including that triple-double. So Josh Giddy has, has really been very impressive. Um, you know, I think if you think of the gift specifically that we're going to get shot, Josh Giddy, um, that gift is going to be a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, 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 no, yo, I yo, know. Yeah, give me a shot. <laughs> yeah, 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 don't tell me to breathe. Breathe. Give me a shot. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna actually get this man a shot. At, now, I know underage drinking is a very serious thing in this country, but he's legal. He's a legal drinker back in Australia, so you know we're gonna abide by his country's rules. We'll get him a shot. Maybe he can get us him learning a shot. That'd be a nice little gift exchange. I'd love to see him expand his range. But, you know, rookie season, he he has been very impressive. Kyle, anything else you think we should get this Oklahoma City backcourt? Because, they've, you know, it's two of them. They've been really good this season. And um, Yeah. Listen, getting him a shot, um, (laughs) one for the TikTok sound that he uses in every single TikTok. And he he has to be the best NBA player on TikTok. He is kind of like the <laughs> NBA player on TikTok. So uh, give him credit for that, right? He kind of yeah. has the uh, the corner um, for that. So kudos. Um, but he does need a jump shot. I, I will give him credit again, though. He takes less than 10% of his shots from that um, mid-range, like 10 to 16 area. Yeah. And then he takes like even less percent of shots from that 16 to three-point range. 
So he's smart about his shot selection still. Um, it's nice that he's not taking like long mid-range shots, but it's still not great. The free throw percentage isn't there and all that. So yes, first gift. Love that you said we're getting him a shot. I think that's awesome. Um, second gift. Can we get this backcourt duo? Can we just take a handful of these picks that they have? We know that they have a, an abundance of them. Yeah. Oh, and let's just let's trade a handful of them for a young stud. Yeah, you gotta you gotta spend if you want to give the gift, you know. And Please. and Oklahoma City has, by all means, the currency to spend in this league. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see them go get a young stud. Um, package together a handful of those picks and, and um you know kind of like the uh the anthony davis thing where they they package together so many young people um and, and get something like that get a yeah. jalen brown or something like that you know I, I don't have any actual names or people you know i don't know how that all works with the salaries and everything like that but i would love to see them go out and get like a real real bona fide young stud and not and not just like go draft, you know. I'm not saying just go draft another Poku and maybe he turns out to be okay or draft, you know, the next Josh Christopher who's got upside late in the first round or whatever. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Bundle up a bunch of those picks. Go out there and get an actual guy that you know can compete and you know it can contribute and you know it has a chance to be the best guy on this team on a nightly basis. Yeah, I completely agree. Again, go out instead of trying to draft the next Poku, float Poku, float Lou Dort in a package cuz for some reason both of their names are still hot right now. Yeah. See what you can get for them while they're still young and still have the you know, the uh upside mystique, if you will. Poku um, and three first round picks, does that get you Aiden? You know, like this is uh, that's what I mean when I say like a, a young stud. Like, go get go get DeAndre Ayton, go yeah. get someone like that. Where, and I know that the Suns aren't trying to get Poku or work on a project. You know what I mean? But like that is what I want to see. I want to see someone of that caliber, that is still young, that that fits the window. Fits the window, please. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think that would be a fantastic gift for Shay and Josh Giddy. Or Shea yep. Gilgis Alexander, make them sound like they're related. Shea Gilgis Alexander <laughs> and Josh Kitty. <laughs> so you should just say it's Shea. All right, Kyle. Let's move on to our, our next member of the nice. Or do you want to do number one on the Lottie list? Let me ask you. Do we want to alternate? Which should we do the That's whole your nice call. list? Your All right. Let's let's go to the naughty list. Let's let's okay. uh let's alternate here. It's our let's show. You got. All right. First up on the naughty list is a team, you know, I'm going to start with a little anecdote. You know, we like, you know, we've prided ourselves on this show the past, I don't know, probably month and a half now for, for having our finger on the pulse, you know, being right. Basically this team, they've made us look silly. Kyle, we called them title contenders on our first episode of the season. And right now they're only 10th in the East. I'm talking about the Atlanta Hawks. Ooh. They are, they are on the naughty list. They asked that for Santa. They they asked Santa, "Hey, please, can you let the rest of the league actually take us seriously this season?" Mm -mm. 
Nope, you don't get that. You're getting more doubters this year, Atlanta. Only person on your team that gets an exemption is Cam Reddish. We'll get him a yeah. gift card. He gets a he'll get something. Uh, but yeah, Atlanta. They've been so up and down. I, I know they've been hit pretty hard with the COVID protocols, but it, it's it's really no excuse. Their defense is just abysmal, man. Yeah. They can't they couldn't they couldn't stop the freaking they couldn't stop a Dixie cup if it was driving in the lane at them right now. Yeah, their defense has been horrible. I do remember after they beat the Bucks by twenty, um we had a pretty knee jerk reaction. And yeah. this team looked super deep. Um they were firing on all the cylinders. We didn't care that their defense didn't look good because they were so deep and had so much talent, could score the ball um at all times and we thought yeah you know they look like a legit team that could make a run because we just saw them make a run and we just saw you know trey young on the road in the garden not affected and all this stuff and and the wheels are just falling apart the other night they lost to the magic at home in atlanta you know who played for the magic some, no, uh, some 2K some, creative players, that's who. Absolutely. This is this is when you don't import a draft class and you just let 2K like make up a draft class. Hassani Gravit was the starting point guard for the Magic. Um, any guess on where he went to college? Um uh I'll say he went to some place like Eastern Carolina. He went to South know. Carolina. Oh, my goodness. Oh. <laughs> That's impressive. Uh, yeah, so um, he played He played thir- He played played 25 minutes and was a plus 11, which feels horrible. Um, B. Johnson, who's on the Magic, where you have to actually click on their name to see what their first name is to know that B.J. Johnson plays basketball in the NBA for the Magic. Um it is his first year out of LaSalle University. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was a whopping plus nine. They let him shoot six for seven from the field for 14 points. I was, I was trying B. to find Johnson. It. I was trying to find it. I saw this tweet last night, and I, I, I was frantically trying to search for it. Someone tweeted in the arena, like, a picture. Oh, like, yeah. You know, uh, of, no one, of, and no one had the None of the photos. guys had a picture, yeah. Yeah. It, it was insane. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. yeah, we didn't know any of them. Aleem Ford. Sure. Aleem Ford played, That's a guy. 20, played 22 minutes. Okay. Let's let him play 22 minutes. And <laughs> I'm sorry. You still have John Collins, Cam Reddish. You have DeLon Wright. Like, you still had Bogdanovich played 22 minutes. Like, you still have guys. You shouldn't have a problem. You're at home. It's it's bad. It's really bad. The Magic, like, <laughs> they're seven and twenty-five. They're a really really poor team. Yeah. Um, they're bad. And I just I thought this was like <laughs> one of the worst losses of the year. Honestly, I I, I, I really I really agree. did. I'd have to agree. And you know I'm sure there are Hawks fans out there. That are like, well, we started off slow last year. You know, we were so many games under five. Like, I, I get that. But the fact of the matter is, if you want to be taken seriously as a title contender, you have to play with the same intensity that you play in the playoffs 
all year round. And this team yeah. is they just they've not been able to do that yet. Um so yeah, Atlanta, they are number one on the naughty list for me. Yep. I back that. Yep. So let's 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 get back up to the nice y- list. Yeah, let's 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 let me bring t- it back let me tell into you, positive. I looked at the list, I checked it twice. And this person might surprise you that they're on the nice list because this isn't usually the list that they're associated with. Okay. But this year on the nice list, I had Draymond Green. Oh, all right, Draymond. Yeah, I I can get behind that. What are Uh, are we getting Draymond? Draymond, I would say uh, let's let's get him a defensive player of the year trophy. I, I I can get behind that. I think he's earned it. NBA.com has him as a front runner right now for DPOI for good reason. I think that when you watch him play, um, he's not going to jump off the page as the best on-ball defender in the league. He's not going to jump off the page as the best rim projector in the league. But he is, like, clearly the best team defender in the league. He is also potentially the smartest guy in the league. I'd say LeBron is in that conversation Chris Paul is in that conversation, and Draymond Green are in that conversation. I think those three guys right there are the three smartest guys in the league, um, and one of them hangs their hat and really makes their money on defense. And um, yeah, I think it's it's awesome to see. I really do think of Draymond Green as like if if Chris Paul is the offensive kind of assist heavy version of a cerebral guy. I think of Draymond Green as kind of the uh the defensive version of Chris Paul, if that makes any sense. I love that. That's, just, that's such a that's good just, comparison. That's just how I see him. And Chris Paul, he's he never leads the league in scoring, right? He's not is Chris Paul the best shooter in the league? No, not necessarily. You know, mm-hmm. he's not necessarily like the best at anything. But he is so smart. And, and that's what Draymond Green gets you. So um yeah, best team defender in the league. He can guard one through five confidently, confidently. Um, and, I mean, just everything they say about him, that he's like the communication, he's the thread that ties everything together. Right now he's the second best player on the team that's, you know, one of the top two teams in the NBA. Um, and he's not averaging 10 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds. And this man's still going to make an all-star team. And I think he's one of the first players in NBA history to do that, or at least recent NBA history. Um, So kudos to Draymond Green. You make this year's nice list for me. Couldn't agree more. Um, He's just – he really is – I know Steph and Clay are the the fireworks guys, but he he is the linchpin of that golden state team. He is just, he is the cornerstone. He is the heartbeat. I mean, just any, any other analogy I can think of that makes it seem how important he is. That's what he is to that team. My question to you, Kyle, because you know, you talk about how you think he's one of the smartest players. And I agree. I I don't mean this is like a, you think this, um, would you rather once it's all said and done, would you rather see Draymond go into coaching or going into being an analyst role. Obviously, NBA on TNT has him on pretty often after his season ends. So we've seen what he can do on the desk. But would you rather see what he could do on the sideline first? I would rather see him on 
like uh, like TNT or something as an analyst because I really do think that in today's day and age in basketball, it is becoming less and less about drawing up plays for players and a lot about coaching like uh, personalities and yeah. really being able to to get guys to gel together and just a lot less about those X's and O's and stuff like that. And then I think kind of the inverse for analysts, I think that we get so much um, so much information about like how the dynamics of stuff works through Woj and through Shams and stuff like that, that a lot of the analysts are kind of just like regurgitating info that you already kind of know, um, yeah. but don't necessarily like break down why a player made a good play or something like that. I think of like the the Kobe Bryant detail, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, how that is like actually breaking it down and like you start to really understand why guys are really good. Um, I think he could go on TNT and he could, you know, how Kenny goes up to the board and he'll walk up there and he'll say why stuff is good. Like watching Draymond do that, oh, it'd be so good. And then also Draymond's played with LeBron, played next to KD. And him and LeBron are really good friends, actually. Um, I just think he he has the best insight, right? I mean, like when you think about this specific era of basketball that maybe we're moving out of and going into like a younger generation of, but like he's very, very good friends with LeBron. He played next to Curry his whole career, and he played with KD for years. Those are like the three main characters of like a whole generation of basketball. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see him on the desk. You know what I mean? And he has like the most personality um, like in the, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, in the league. And so I just think that combination is perfect for it. And then, of course, um, throw on the fact that he's potentially the smartest guy in the NBA. You couldn't draw up a better analyst for TV. You literally couldn't. Best friends with the biggest names in the league. Smartest guy. Most charismatic guy. Perfect. I love it. I love it. I, I, I was just more, you know, it definitely was something curious. I, I'm, I'm not saying I think his career is nearing its end, but I think we can all yeah. agree it's closer to its end than it is its beginning. And so right. I, I always love, I love kind of exploring that route for him. But if there's one other thing I, I want to say about Draymond Green, I know we talked about getting him a, a defensive player of the year trophy. Mm-hmm. I think the best way we could hand that to him, Kyle, if we get him, a brand new backpack to go along with that trophy. <laughs> I love the joke that he looks like he shoots his jump shot wearing a backpack. I think it's one of the best ongoing jokes on NBA Twitter. So yeah, we'll get him, could use a new we'll, backpack. We'll get him a little backpack that says Depoy on, you know, like like with a Herschel backpack, like where the little insignia yep. goes. That's where the Depoy will go. And then inside yeah, it, he could have his, his trophy. His backpack from 2017 is probably getting a bit old now. Yeah. And so. who knows? Who knows? Maybe we'll get it big enough in the off chance that he needs to fit another trophy in there for later in the season, too. Who knows? Yep. Who knows? Love it. All right. Well, let's bring the vibes back down. Let's go back to the naughty list. Okay. Next up, I've, I've got – these are kind of a joint one. Okay. But it's because they've, they've kind of committed the same – I don't want to call it a crime. It makes it sound way more serious, but, you know – they're bad. They're bad. I, we're talking about the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers. And, and why I have them as naughty is 
you know, this year they ask to be title contenders off of name alone, especially the Lakers with their lineup of just nothing but names, basically, and LeBron James. But uh, both these teams are 500, Kyle, and for that, they're not going to get that title contender title. Instead, they're they're going to get our continued lack of respect, <laughs> as they yeah. as they should. Neither of these teams can get it together. It feels like every other day, you know, the Lakers will go on a stretch where they look like they should be in that Western Conference title contender conversation, and then they fall back down. I mean, right now they're they're down at the half to to San Antonio by by eleven points. I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I know losing Anthony Davis hurts, but this team was supposed to be built to where they're not going to be as reliant on Davis. They can make up for it. And instead, it's it's gone the route that we were all afraid of, where it's just, it's not working. Um, shows yeah. flashes, but just doesn't get it together. Yeah. It, ten and a half games out of the first place is not what was expected uh, going no. into Christmas. And... I think the one thing we heard the most going into the season was, well, I don't know how it'll work in the playoffs, but if they have Russ, they'll at least be a good regular season team. How many times did we hear that? Oh, they'll at least be a good regular season team because they have Russell Westbrook. Yeah. I feel like I heard it a trillion times. I get that they have injuries. I totally get it. But you know who else has injuries? How about Memphis has injuries with Ja? The Clippers have injuries with Kawhi. Dallas has injuries. Denver is missing their whole team. Like everyone is having injuries. Like you, you know what I mean. Like Golden State has injuries. I, they're missing Clay Thompson. Like everyone has them. I'm sorry, but you got to be better than a 500 team. You do. So yeah, and you have yeah, you still have LeBron James. So uh, I don't know. You just you got to be better than 500. And then when we look at the Celtics. Same thing, man. Like, I'm sorry. At a certain point, you have Tatum, who, you know, we want to say is like a fringe top 10 player in the league. And you have Jalen Brown, who on some nights can be the best guy on the court. And it's just not enough to get done. And it just seems like they're kind of backpedaling for the last couple of years now. And now I'm at the point where it's just like, are you guys just the Portland Trailblazers of the east i love that comparison i i and, really and, do it, it, and maybe I'm they've sorry, already made their their eastern conference finals the same way where portland made the western conference finals maybe maybe that already happened right but like look at portland oh damon and, and cj like as far as a one-two punch goes the talent is there well that it hasn't been enough what about just has you know what about when you need yeah, you got your two haymakers, but what when you what about when you just need some technical jabs to get some points in the mid rounds yeah. in the mid fight? Like they they don't have it. They don't. They just I I I love the comparison of of uh, Tatum and Brown to Dame and CJ, especially in the sense that I think the Celtics are reaching that level of like hey you need to strike while the iron's hot. I mean, if I'm the Celtics, I'm looking at what's going on in Portland and really having a good hard think about, are we turning into that? Like, do we want to become that? I, I've i said it, you know, I think I've hinted at it enough, and I've 
I, I know I've said it to you enough. I think they've got to strike while the iron's hot um, with either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. And I mean, we all know Jason Tatum's probably not going anywhere um, in that organization. So it would be Jalen Brown. They, they've got to get a package together. I think they need to break that up, you know, as soon as they can. Yeah. Just less redundancy in yeah. their skill set, And I mean, they've just had this massive hole down low for a big man. Um, Enos Freedom. Uh, sure. Formal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Enos Freedom, like, he gets bodied nightly. Like, he is literally a free bucket. You know what I mean? Like, that is all that is free is just a bucket if you go to the lane on him. he It is like can't play canter all over again, man. Um, they need a big guy. I, and it blows my mind. You know, they should be calling up um, your boys in Indiana. And Miles Turner, please give me a give me a rim protector that can also, you know, shoot from outside. And well, just, you know, they believe so much in the time Lord. Why would they do that? <laughs> yeah, just, you know, come on. Let's you need a bona fide stud down low. Um, I just think there's a little bit of redundancy there. It's not working. And I, I am starting to get worried that we're we're looking at the Eastern Conference version of Portland. It's it's just you know from a from a basketball fan perspective. On one hand, yes, you love laughing at Boston and L.A. specifically the Lakers being mediocre. But on the flip side of that, as an NBA fan, it's like the league is. I mean, we talk about this all the time. The league is more interesting when franchises like Boston and the Lakers and the Knicks, and the Bulls are good. And, mm-hmm. and so it, it's both these teams should be better than they are. And while I I enjoy laughing at it, I there's still that part of me that's like, man, come on. You're the Celtics. You're the Lakers. Can you guys just get it together? You are, you are better than fi- a 500 team. Like, your rosters are better than being 500 basketball. So Yeah, I think the perfect example is the Knicks last year having playoff games in the Garden. Like... I, that was incredible. That was awesome. I think you look at what the Bulls are doing this year. Oh, like, yeah. The Bulls are awesome to watch. People love rooting for them. They're easy to talk about. They're easy to, you know, just kind of mix into <laughs> pop culture and just kind of the zeitgeist because people like the Bulls. It's it's easy to to just talk about them. And I don't know. It's It's nice to have them around. You know what I mean? Yeah, spo- if I'm spoiler alert, we didn't put the Bulls on our nice list, but they would be on there. We d- we talk about that team a lot yeah. on this podcast, oh, yeah. so it, yeah. it should be assumed they're on our nice list. Yeah, but if I'm at work and I want to talk to people that are just like very casual or very fringe NBA fans, I can bring up the Bulls or I can bring up the Lakers or I can bring up the Celtics, but like people don't want to talk about, you know, the Detroit Pistons or the Orlando Magic or, you know what I mean? Or like, yeah, people aren't, people aren't like, man, did you catch that Charlotte game last night? But people will tune in to these big, these big market teams. And it's just better when these big market teams do well. And plus like we're seeing LeBron chase, you know, chase like an all time, um, legacy kind of thing. And it just, it sucks to see him, kind of fall short like this. You know what I mean? It's, I remember the playoffs where we didn't have LeBron and it was weird 
it's weird to not have LeBron like in the making playoffs or late in the playoffs yeah. or yeah, making a run. It's it's weird, and I don't like it. Um, I I want LeBron in the mix for everything, you know. And I think Tatum is that good. He's not on LeBron's level, obviously, but like he's that good. Where I want Tatum in the mix for whatever's going on. Yeah, I want both. Like I want Tatum. I want LeBron. I want Jalen Brown. Like I yeah. I want Anthony I Davis, want Anthony Davis healthy. Like, I want the, I want Carmelo and Anthony on that Lakers roster. Like I want those right. guys in the mix still. So just to you know get it together, get back yeah. get back in the good graces of shot callers clause for next yes. season. Let's let's move on. We got one more member of the nice list that we're going to talk about, and uh, it's actually a guy, Kyle. If I if I may, I, I'd like to reveal Please. it. Yeah. We've not talked about this team really at all. And, and to be honest, they've not been out of this world good. They're kind of fighting around that 11-10 spot in the Western Conference. They're kind of in the in the playing area. But it's a guy for the San Antonio Spurs. I want to talk about DeJounte Murray. He's, he's tied for first in the, in the triple-double race this season. He's had a quietly very good season down in San Antonio. He's kind of starting to come into his own as maybe not the guy, but he is definitely a guy in this league. He's only averaging 18 points per game, but eight rebounds a game, eight assists per game. It's it's good numbers. He's on the nice list. I want to put him on here. And his gift that I would love to offer would be DeMontis Sabonis. Mm. At, or or some that. some some guy like Sabonis that could kind of slide in and, and be that number two playmaker next to him to really open up the Spursian way once again. Yeah, I, I I just I, I love what Dejounte is putting together this season, and that, like I said, we've not really talked about the Spurs, and they've not been a a world beater by any means, but he he has had a good season so far, and I think he deserves to be on this this nice list. Yeah, I do too. And, and I think going into the season, you can look at the Spurs roster and you can say like, okay, who are you 100% for sure about? And I was I was confident in Keldon Johnson. I think I picked him even for uh MIP just because he had that uh yes. He had that USA basketball run and all that. And and he's been fine this year. Um, you know, he still averages, you know, his 15 and 7 and and whatnot. And he's he's good. Um, but they didn't have anyone that stood out as like, okay, that's our guy, right? Yeah. Um, when you look at like the talent for that team, that is our dude. Um, Derek White, eh? Like Lonnie Walker is not a starter on you know really any team in the league. Um, Doug McDermott was a was a good get, you know. But it, these are just these are just kind of fill in guys. Uh, but Dejounte Murray seems like he is kind of their guy now. Um, and that's good. It's good, especially being in their division. I really do think their division is is pretty up for grabs. Memphis right now leads their division. Dallas will get back um, back near the top once everyone's like fully healthy and and kind of clicking and stuff. But Dallas right now is below five hundred. Memphis too. Yeah, Memphis has been good, but I've also seen kind of the darker side of Memphis where um, they could be bad as well. So. Not saying that San Antonio is going to go on a run this year, but like with teams like New Orleans and Houston in your division, I don't see New Orleans or Houston being necessarily great in the next couple of years. So 
you have a chance to snag some pretty easy wins and potentially make some play in tournaments, you know, maybe get yeah. an eight seed or something like that and just kind of fight to get some playoff experience with DeJounte Murray, who's been awesome. Um, you noted that he is tied right now for first in the league with the, his yeah. six triple doubles. He's yeah. second all time in uh, triple doubles for the Spurs. Just behind that the Admiral. That blew my mind. When you sent that to me yesterday, that blew my mind. Just behind the Admiral. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they have they have a guy now, which is good for them. It's, yeah. I, it's something that I think the Spurs needed. Um, really, really, since it's kind of a whole new whole new roster now so yeah and and you mentioned yeah and i we've actually both mentioned him being tied in the triple double race he's got three in his last 10 Mm. and and in those last 10 as well i mean again his scoring is still not jumping off the page by any means he's only averaging 16 um almost 17 points per game but eight and a half rebounds 9.3 assists per game two steals a game as well and the shooting numbers aren't terrible man he's shooting 45 percent on 15 shots a game 40 40 percent from three on four attempts per game you'd probably like to see the um the three-pointing shooting go up a little bit more with him but it really his his cause for concern still is his free throws he's only hitting 64 um percent last 10 but yeah and he's not getting to the line enough yeah he's only attempting like one one or two a game so that's that's definitely something you'd like to see you want to see him get a little bit more aggressive and i that's why i said i think somebody that could really open up because their bigs right now are i mean it's thaddeus young um yaka purtle yaka purtle two guys that love to be down there and just bang um so maybe maybe not domas would be the best fit but uh, some sort of stretch big that can open mm-hmm. up that that lane for him to to attack a little bit more, but uh, yeah, Dejounte Murray, uh, you're on our nice list. We want to gift you some sort of additional piece. I hope in exchange for this gift, Dejounte. I know you are a New Balance guy. I too mm-hmm. love New Balances. I, Kyle, I know you're pretty. You, you could ride with some New Balances. Uh, I could. So uh, Dejounte, if you hear this, you could hook us up. Be a great gift for your friends at the shot callers. We we yeah. love some new balances. Either man, the the spur just like the black and silver colorway, or that throwback like Fiesta Spurs colorway too. Yeah, and yeah. Some, I mean, some nice some nice new balances. They dropped those new, new balance dropped those new fifty seven forties. I'd I'd love to give them a test run. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah, hit us up, Dejounte. I I know you're an avid listener, so. <laughs> Glad to see him on the list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Joe, I got to take us to our last, our last naughty list for the uh, for the year, really. Yeah, um, one might say this might be our Grinch. I'm taking us, and this is this might be a surprise because this person has pretty much received nothing but praise since they've been in their role. But naughty list goes to Adam Silver. Yeah. Sorry to say it, but um, it's we peaked at uh, we peaked with how we were handling COVID when we did the bubble. That was handled mm-hmm. awesome. Since then, it's kind of just been an egg on the face. Um, this last week has been horrible for it. Games getting postponed nightly. Um, teams not being able to field 
eight man rosters, eight man rosters. Um, players like Isaiah Thomas, Iso Joe, um, just a lot of these kind of, you know, old heads coming out, like leaving their big three teams with Ice Cube and coming back to the NBA because they, we can't put NBA talent on the floor. It's really, really rough to see. And I get it. COVID is not Adam Silver's fault. Not even a little bit. But we did have a solution at one point. Like, we did. It was a bubble, and I get, you know, you can't do a bubble forever. But I think my biggest issue is we either need to put a pause, which I would hate to see, but you, it might just be necessary. Just put a pause. But you also see the stuff where, like, he wants to maybe change the the protocols and maybe make it um, less strict and people can come back sooner and stuff like that. It just feels bad. Stuff that was collectively bargained for the player's safety. And now we kind of get to a point where it's like, yeah, but we had to postpone a game. And it's like, well, if we can make it, like, a little less safe for the players then. And it just... It, the whole thing doesn't feel great. It's it's just been a hot, hot mess. Um, and I, I just kind of fear what we're heading towards. Um, so it's it's been really bleak. Uh, I feel like this one is such a downer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, it, it, but I mean, I, it's... I, I, I felt defeated today, really. Um, when I got the when I got an update on like five starters going out for the Pistons after Cade was already out for COVID, after Jeremy Grant was already hurt, at, like, Kelly Olenek's out, and then, like, the few couple players we had left, like, were all missing because of COVID. And it's just, like, you know, we're just starting, like, guys from our G League team. And at this point, it's just, it is G League basketball with, like, a couple NBA players peppered in. Yeah. And it's it's not great. Yeah, I mean, the... Really, the way I look at it is this. As of six hours ago, this is me just going off of CBS Sports report. Um, but CBS Sports posted over 90 players are currently in the NBA's COVID-19 health and safety protocols. So if we just do some quick math, let's just let's just say 90 is the number. And most teams roster around 15 players. I think that's the max you can have, and that's the official roster. So you do... 15 times 30, that's 450. 90 out of 450 is 20% of the league. And I know some teams have been hit harder than others, but at the end of the day, it's 20% of your top guys. And I just think that's... It's irresponsible that he's allowed it to get this bad. I understand the Christmas games are important. We talked about it at the top of the show. They are considered the unofficial start to the season. But it really does feel like we just limped to the finish line to get there. I, I fully expect, Kyle, um, by the time we come back from our little break for New Year's, there may be a, a halt and play that we're yeah. looking at. So, um, Adam Silver, you asked for more basketball games this season. And unfortunately, it, it really does look like those are going to get taken away to some extent. So, yeah, Silver definitely falls onto our, our naughty list yep. for now. Yep. So that that does it, Kyle. That's our nice and naughty list for this season. 
Yeah. I, I feel pretty good about it. I mean, don't feel as great about the guys on the naughty list, but you know, they can work mm. their way back into our good graces for next year. Um, yeah. Just because you're on it one year doesn't mean you're on it every year. Exactly. Um, I did uh I did want to switch it up this week for yeah. uh we typically do shot caller of the week. Yes, sir. And we just pick someone that represented represented what we're about, right? Yeah. Um you know, kept it the way we like it. So, uh, since this is going to be the last pot of the year, we are um, we're going on a trip uh, for New Year's. We're going to see one of our good buddies out of town. Um, we are going to be all safe, vaccinated, boosted, um, all that good stuff. But this is going to be the last pot of the year, so we are going to do our shot caller of the year. Yeah, one might even say they're going to be the star on the top of our tree this season. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yes. So, shot caller of the year, Kyle. We uh, we compiled a little list of nominees, mixed in. We mostly basketball related, but we get we put a couple non basketball guys on there. So, uh, let me let me run through it real quick. So we've got Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, Giannis, Devin Booker, Nikola Jokic. Those are the five guys we kind of figured it. Really, in 2021, those were the the big big guys for basketball. Um, yep. And then a couple non-basketball guys. Obviously, Tim Robinson. I think you yep. should leave season two came out. We we use I think you should leave music on the pot, so it's only right. Um, we also, I mean, we quote, we quote that show together all the time. Uh, and it's made for great basketball memes. There's yes, a basketball sir. account. I think you should league pass. So good. Uh, that is incredible content. This is just, once again, I think we we say this at least once a month on the show. If you've not watched, I think you should leave. Like, the episodes are like 15 minutes long. It's a quick watch. It's two seasons. Mm. It's, I know it's not comedy for everyone, but most people I'm friends with love that show. So, yeah. It's, it's got the shot collar seal of approval. The next one, it's a little music one. You know, we're both, we're both big music guys outside of basketball. It's another reason how we became friends. Figured we'd throw a turnstile on the list. The the hardcore band uh, out of Baltimore. I know some of their guys are based in LA now, but Turnstile put out the record Glow On, and it, it was huge, man. I mean, they were just on Seth Meyers last week. You don't see a hardcore yep. band on on late night TV. So I, I, you know, as two guys that we've we've come up through the DIY music scene, I, I you know, they uh, they have a lyric. Thank you for letting me see myself. I know, Kyle, you kind of used that lyric. As soon mm-hmm. as they were on the show, I feel like that perfectly uh, puts into words how seeing them on uh, on late night with Seth Meyers felt. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, listen, love basketball, absolutely do. But I'm I'm not a hooper myself. You yes, know sir. I mean? I'm not a, I'm not a guy that goes out and uh, and like will go play pickup games or anything like that. Instead, I go see live music. Um, and so it is cool to see, um, you know, yourself feel represented, um, kind of on a on a big show like uh, Seth Meyers. So, really, really great record by Turnstile, and uh, cool to see. Yes, sir. The next one, we talk about him so much on the show. It'd be it'd be be a mistake not to have him here. Our buddy Steve. Steve. Steve Let's Henderson. Go. He got into basketball this year. That's it. Was awesome. 
on a whim go. he watched on a whim he watched a playoff game with us and then it, it just it got him going he was hooked yeah we've been to we've been to a couple pacer games this season already he he's out on tour uh for about a month so we've not gone to any games since but i know after the new year that's that's definitely on the docket so steve and, and then finally I, kyle i mean us oh man man i mean how could how could we not we not include ourselves. <laughs> I think I got I got one more that, okay, I, okay. that I just thought of. Uh, Nick Henkel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh man. Oh, it's been, Noah. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> the Honestly, that, yeah. the content he's put out has been awesome. So, um, yeah. I mean, we love our own content, of course, but <laughs> we we are anything but modest. Yeah. Um, well, Kyle, I. I, I think we've agreed on who our shot color of the year is. Uh, I went through the nominees, so I would be it'd be my honor to let you tell the yeah. good people. Our 2021 shot color of the year is Giannis Antetokounmpo, and well 50 deserved. Piece. Fifty piece, not forty nine, not fifty one, fifty piece. The finals MVP himself. He got his finals MVP. He got his championship. He uh, he got his ring this year, his parade. It was his year, really. So uh, kudos to him. Uh, it felt it felt like a pretty easy pick, to be honest. He was my first yeah. shot caller of the week that we ever did, actually, um, because it was that opening night game where he beat uh, he beat Brooklyn. And it was like this major televised game where he went against KD and he ended up getting the best of them and he got his championship ring and it was really cool. And and he was kind of uh, the star of the league again for that night. So uh, kudos to you, Giannis. You are the shot caller of the year. Yeah. And, and I mean, we talked about it last week when we did our kind of first MVP preview. Like he realistically could have had, he has a fair shake to be the MVP this season if voter fatigue doesn't doesn't derail it but yeah i still feel like it's steps to lose but um yeah Giannis has just been and and not only just from a from a playing standpoint i mean you just see all the stuff he does off the court and how much he really embraces milwaukee i know we've talked about this time and time and time again but it's just he is such a good figurehead for the league especially as we hit this twilight of lebron um where we're kind of just looking at who is going to be the next guy. I I really do think it's going to be Giannis. It's going to be Luka. Um, Devin Booker's kind of inching his way in there. We might even have a couple couple years where it is Steph and KD still. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, as we enter that LeBron twilight, we, we do need to look towards, like, who is our next young guy that's going to be the face for the next decade. So, um, yeah, Giannis, is, he really has staked that claim. For sure. Yeah. And approval rating of a hundred percent, I think across uh 300%. Or, yeah. I, mean, yeah, I, I don't I think don't there's know. anyone yeah. out there that there's no Giannis slander. Like you no, can't sir. find it. So, and for good reason. Yeah. Well, Kyle, I've got one more for okay. shot color of the year. I know we, we want to keep it at one, but I think, I think, uh, you know, we, I think we got to shout out the whole crew here at 48 minutes. I think, I think from, not only us, but the guys over at Bench Mob, at Large Bid, uh, Parker the, joining the, the live, team. Yeah, yeah, uh, all the live coverage we're doing. Yeah, it's just 
Um, I know just in the half year that I've been involved, like we've we've really seen an uptick in in production and stuff that's going on around the the network. Not only with the shows, you said that as well. The live coverage of of the college games, like our guys were just on the ground at Assembly Hall down in Bloomington. I know we're not a, a college show, but that's a big deal, man. Um, yeah. So just a huge shout out to to all the guys involved here at Forty Eight Minutes. It's it's an absolute joy to to do this show and to always be bouncing ideas off of one another and just awesome stuff. Yeah, I mean, I listen. I lived in Cincinnati for a few years. That's where I met up with uh, with Tim and kind of joined the crew and everything. And I gotta say, like, there wasn't really anyone that had a presence at all of the uh, at all the Division One colleges like in their basketball locker room and stuff, the same way that 48 Minutes does. And a huge reason is because of the hard work that Tim does. But like now he's got awesome people around him that are really helping him out. And um, and it's really cool to see what they're doing with that stuff, with the with like the the live coverage. They'll they'll be doing recaps where they're on the court doing recaps and stuff like that with video footage. And uh, like you said, just at uh at University of Indiana and able to to cover that and get photos of that and everything like that. It's it's been super cool to see. Um, YouTube page looks great. Just the content looks better, sounds better, is better. Um, all around awesome. Just awesome. This yeah. is like this is the stride. So it's good to see. Yes, sir. It, on that note, that does it for our our little Christmas special here, Kyle. I hope you and the family have a fantastic Christmas day. I'm sure Lily is just chomping at the bit to get those presents opened. So oh, I, yeah. hope, I hope she uh, has a magical day. Uh, so Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Um, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> and, to you, and to you and yours. Thank you, sir. And um, to, to all you guys listening, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. If you don't celebrate, have a great weekend. Um, enjoy the downtime from work if you get some. Um, if not, you know, carve some time out for yourself. It's another huge important thing to always keep at the forefront. But you know, we we hope you guys have a have a great holiday weekend. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to Shot Callers. Make sure to subscribe to the Forty Eight Minutes Network wherever you're listening to your podcast, and leave us a review if you like what you're hearing. Also, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter over at 48 Minutes Network. I'm going to stop and give you all the love I got.